welcome in to the Soren Sports Podcast. I am your host, Brayden. And as always, I am joined by that mountain of a pineapple, Alan Pena. Alan, how are we doing today, man? Oh, it's been pretty good. Uh, I having a day off at work and just, just weird stuff of break. So it's been very exciting after a great 4th of July weekend and realizing this is probably going to be the shortest week that I've probably ever had, but I'll take it anytime and try to take advantage of it. That's all. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I mean, it's a great day. Perfect day to talk what we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about some baseball. So it's a good day to talk about some baseball. And, uh, you know, we've added some new sounds to our soundboard here. We'll we'll unleash them. You already heard one of them. We are the Soren Sports Podcast. So, of course, we got to have the, you know, the sound of a bird. Um, so yeah, so but yeah, you know it's a great day. We're gonna have fun, uh, talk about Venezuela and baseball. So uh, yeah, Alan, we got Ronald Acuna Jr. doing fantastic things out there on the diamond. And uh, let's get into it. What I mean, he's making some pretty significant baseball history this season. It's before the All-Star break, and already the guy has 40 steals, 20-plus home runs, and what else does the guy got? Something 50-plus 50, 50 RBIs, I believe. Yeah. So, all, he's hard, He's having a phenomenal season, and we talked about Luis Arias just a few days ago, or weeks ago, really few days ago for people when this releases but venezuelan ball players alan right now they're doing fantastic things in the major league baseball circuit and it's fantastic yeah but they are killed they, they've been doing well, and and we talked about this, like a lot of our the players right now that are killing not just like international players here's the thing a lot of them are coming, we talked about this, in mid-season form from the World Baseball Classic. It's no wonder, it's no surprise why they're having the success that they have. And, like, we could go on the list of players who are going to play in the All-Star game. Several of them have come from the World Baseball Classic, and they're ready to go. And what they're doing is tremendous. And obviously, Ronald Acuna being the only, I think he's the only player in Major League history to have 20 home runs and 40 steals, which I think I would say the changes of no of like the shift is starting to have fruits. That hey, the stealing, uh, you can still have 40, you can still have for power, but also you can still make an impact in base running. So what he's doing. It's just, hey, like, it's not just about, oh, you got to go hit the home runs. It's also keep the play alive while on the base. And what he's doing is just perfect of what baseball needs. And and hopefully this sets the tone for, like, how important base running is because it's still part of the game and can be a difference in, in winning losing a game overall. Oh yeah, for sure, and it it it's amazing to see 
small ball come back into reality here. We honestly, that's how modern baseball needs to return to small ball in a lot of ways. With small ball, you get the stolen bases, which means you have more action on the diamond. You get more home runs that way, and you get more RBIs. Ronald Acuna Jr.'s playing the way I feel you should play baseball. And it's leading to a lot of success for the Atlanta Braves right now, and you can't fault them for that. Yeah, and that's the thing. They're winning. I'm going to say that always with an emphasis, winning. And... I think we, we might have our if he to keep this up unless if Arez gets the four hundred, I think our two NL MVP candidates are going to be from Venezuela, depending on on what happens. Like if Arez gets the four hundred, I think he'll be the MVP. And also it helps, and I said this that Marlins are also in the playoff hunt for the wild card. I think they have the first spot of the wild card. They do. And the Braves with Ronald with the division. So pretty much, um, I believe our looking at it, I think our NL MVP will be from Venezuela. Now who will be? I'm not gonna I, I will make a prediction, but I will say those two right now should be the front runners for the most valuable player out of the national league. Yeah, and I mean, you you're right on the the mark here, Alan. It's it's fantastic. I mean, the Marlins, you mentioned it. They're in that wild card spot. They're eight games back of the Braves for the division. That is starting to get to little unsurmountable territory. But you never know what happens at the All Star break, and it it's just interesting to see, you know. And it's we looking at. The crazy thing is, unlike the American League, the National League for the wild card is all up in the air. You know, you have Miami, the Dodgers, and the Phillies all obtaining a wild card spot as of right now. Although, the Giants can creep in there. So, it's kind of interesting to see, like you said, Alan, these MVP candidates are from Venezuela. They're leading their teams to the playoffs. And, like you said, they're winning. It's a recipe for success. And when you have someone on Miami who's hitting 400, that's great success for that player. But when you have a player that like Ronald Acuna Jr. doing what he's doing in Atlanta, you can't help but root for the guy because he's doing exactly what you want from your players. Yeah, and exactly. And also, look, I think even Atlanta is like how Ronald is doing. It's not just a reflection of how he's doing, but also everybody else on the team, they are they're just run running away with it, and and they're also hungry because last year, I think it had had they not had their um, laying up laying an egg versus Philadelphia, they probably would have beat Houston. There was just no way Houston would have been Atlanta, but the fact that they're hungry, they are. We want to not just get to the World Series, but win it again. It just shows how the organization has done. And they've had the history to back it up as far as, like, not only making the playoffs, but also striving to play in the World Series and winning it. And what Ronald is reflecting on that, and it has trickled down to his teammates. Like, obviously, Matt Olson 
is the home run leader in the NL. And that uh, Austin Riley is up there. Ozzy Albiz, another um, international player who I think he's second in RBIs or first in the National League. So they're, they're doing what they're supposed to do. And, and even Eddie Rosario, another international player there, who they're, they're pretty much one of the top leaders in hits as far as the National League is concerned and probably even the majors. So what Ronald is doing is affecting everybody else in a positive way. And plus, as I mentioned, they're hungry. What happened to them last year I should have not happened at all. And I think I don't, if they keep this up, I don't think other than the Dodgers, other than the Dodgers, I have to ask that, sir, other than the Dodgers, they're probably the team to beat in the NL. And you could, we could probably say in the majors if they keep, keep this up, which I believe they will. Yeah, I have no doubt that, right? And it's crazy because if you remember, the Braves just won a World Series, what, two years ago? Yeah, not that far. They're not, they're not that far removed from winning the World Series. They, I thought that game should have ended in a sweep. That series. Yeah, they. It was a seven, six-game series over the Astros that they won. You know, we'll we'll yeah. give them the little air horns here. And, like you said, so the Braves they already have that success winning on the diamond, winning the World Series takes a lot of effort and really good baseball like any championship you got to be at the top of the game the Braves are still there they they had a off year in 2022 but they're back and they're charging and for an off year for the Braves it wasn't that much of what you would consider an off year for a lot of other teams you only could say it's an off year just because the Braves you know had won the World Series just the year before that's the only reason you can say that was an off year for the Braves last, last season. But even then, they still made the playoffs. They still did okay. And here they are charging back, and they're looking like the World Series team again. And when they have Ronald Acuna Jr. locked up already in a very different, in a very not only team-friendly, but player-friendly contract, I think that set the tone for this, this thing. The Braves, they had this history of having this dynasty for a few years winning a world series maybe and then you know continue dominating making it harder the braves already won the world series will they win another one before or is this going to be like a run for them with the 90s i don't think so because i don't think ronald acuna jr would let that happen and i, and I think they're to compete in multiple world series just like the kings of the 90s and and it also helps that look, their organization they have the precedent. They know how to develop. Unlike the Mets who spend, 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 they'll spend when they need to and will develop. We've seen it with Ronald. We've seen it with Ozzy. We're even seeing it with Michael Harris Jr. Those three players, like wow, like they've only spent. When necessary, guys like Marcelo Suna, Domin- from the Dominican Republic, who's also in batting wise, it's also does help a lot. And then obviously Pat Olsen, as I mentioned before, uh, 
They will spend when they need to and will develop the up-and-comers, which they have a president as well to do it. So, But Ronald, <clears throat> he is that heart that keeps it going. So they keep this up. As I mentioned, they're going to be a team to beat, other than the Dodgers that I think can beat them. But it doesn't get help. We'll get into them some other time. But for now, Ronald, unbelievable. And as I mentioned, our two NL MVP candidates, it's going to be from Venezuela. I don't see it any other way. Yeah, I don't either. And, here, you know, they're, it's just crazy. There's 289, or excuse me, 269 players that were featured from international countries that were on opening day rosters. And the Braves had at least four or five of them. And they're all performing excellently. And they all have a World Series ring. And so, like you said, Alan, they're doing great things. And it it makes me not like them. But you got to admire winning when it is doing it at the level the Braves are doing it. Yeah. They're our rivals. At least they're one of them I respect in the Braves. Right. They're the few that I respect, and the Braves are one of them. Right, and you know it's interesting because the Dodgers they're 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 chugging along. They're not doing anything bad. They're not doing anything exceptionally well. They're just doing their thing, and so it it's just going along, and that's all you can hope for, really. But to have a player, two players from Venezuela, doing exactly what. We are seeing with uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. and Luis Arias. What more can you want from yeah. these players? And I think both, yeah, both of them led Venezuela to the semifinals. I forgot about that. I'm almost, I'm almost dead. But like these guys, they're not afraid of the big stage, and and it shows. And we mentioned this: the World Baseball Classic was more of a benefit than a hindrance. And they're coming in mid-season form, and we'll talk about some of them as well heading into the All-Star break. But they're both they're ready to go, and 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 I don't know what else to say because what they've been doing has been very tremendous, and and I think yeah, like I can't wait to this being a Venezuelan National League MVP. Like I'm I'm gonna. I'm the first to say it, and and hopefully by that time, the train keeps going that I believe we're going to have that. But the only way I see Ares winning it, if he gets to 400. And also, with the Marlins getting into the playoffs. That's the only way I see Ares winning it. If Acuna wins it, it will mostly be because of the pace and also because the Braves are are doing their thing, like always. Right, and you know, just a quick update on Areas. He's hitting three eighty four right now. You know, it if he stays there for you know the rest of the summer, he if and continues to do what he's doing, we'll be we'll see four hundred. I have no doubt. Yeah, I have no doubt about it either. Well, and you know, we're talking about two great, phenomenal Venezuelan players who are doing phenomenal things, and we could you know Ronald Acuna Jr. having. You know, let me. I'm gonna look up at his stats real quick. Hang on. 
Oh, I just don't know. Google is fun, but it also gives me the stuff I don't want. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I have a Okay, yeah, so he's at fifty-four RBIs, forty-one stolen bases, and twenty-one home runs as of right now. So yeah. You know, and he's doing great. So now we have the exact numbers. These are going to continue to grow. He's always said he wants to be in the 40-40 club. 40 home runs, 40 stolen bases. He just needs 20 more home runs. <laughs> Do it. I, I believe it. He's got time. Oh, yeah. And he's been super close to that 40-40 club before. And it's not too unbelievable for him to do that, you know. And all he's got to do is just swing that bat. Yeah, I agree. And he's winging it good. So that's all. And he has a over 300 batting average. He's at 333. That's really good. And you can't ask for much more from your player. You know? And yeah. And so we're talking about two great, phenomenal Venezuelan play, players in the present, Alan. I think, you know, we talked about it before. You know, we've done a Mount Rushmore for what? The Dominican Republic? Yes. I think it's time we do one for Venezuela. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and we're going to kind of go through this a little bit, go more in depth about our reasoning than maybe what we did with Dominican Republic, Alan. But, you know, for spot one on this list of four, who you got? Uh, I'm going to start with Miguel Cabrera. Number one, for sure. Like, he broke the triple crown curse, which before it was just Carl Yastrzemski. And he broke it. And that was the year also that not just he won MVP, but got the Tigers to the World Series. Even though they got swept by the Giants, which was sad. Because I actually wanted to see the Tigers win that World Series. That was probably one of the best teams I've ever saw. And for them not to win a World Series, it was sad. But that doesn't take away what he did. And he has done a lot. And... Sadly, this will be his last year in the majors. So we'll talk about his career later on. But Miguel Cabrera, for sure, number one. Yeah, I don't think you can talk about a Venezuelan baseball Mount Rushmore without bringing up Miggy. You know, triple crown, over 3,000 hits. Like, he's been a consistent player throughout his career. He also has won two World Series with Miami. So while he, or at least one with Miami. But yeah, he's won one with Miami. Yes, he, I think he was, I think it was the NLCS MVP that year. Yeah. So, and you know, he's done fantastic things throughout baseball. He's very beloved. You can't talk about Venezuelan baseball without bringing up Miggy, and he's been a mainstay in Detroit. He's the last player still for, on Detroit from those World Series runs. You know, and you can't dispute that at all. You can't, like I said, Alan, I could keep saying this, but you can't talk about this this type of topic without mentioning Miggy. I was going to bring him up later, but let's bring him up now, you know. And he, yeah, you have, you, you have just to have to start with him. One that I could think of. Well, are there others? Oh yeah, and I'm going to mention. Some. Oh yeah, and you know he's ha he already has over 500 career home runs. He he has 13 or he has he's hit 3,000. He's won MVP a couple times. He, he has the triple crown. He's the four-time batting champion. And he he's doing great. You know, he's 
in the Hall of Fame. If you don't think he's in the Hall of Fame, you might want to look at Miggy's career again. Or he will be. He will be in the Hall of Fame. There's no doubt about it. He will be in the Hall of Fame. I hope he's the first ballot. Oh, he better be. And I, you know, I'm going to go on the record and say he better be unanimous because he's meant so much to baseball. And he's also meant so much to Venezuela baseball. And that's all you got to, and that that transcends everything for me. Oh, yeah. I agree with you on that. Uh, you know, and let's, I'm going to try and find this here. Hang on. Uh, no problem. Thank you, Detroit Tigers YouTube, for what we're about to listen to. Huh. Did it have to be against the Dodgers? Hang on, let's do this again here. Yeah, no problem. Unfortunately, that had to be against the Rockies. That's two great players the Rockies have let get 3,000 hits. <laughs> but single into right field, that is just fantastic. He is... You know, like I mentioned, it was against my team, but whatever. My team hasn't been good since, you know, 2018. But, and that doesn't take away anything from Miggy. He still is in the Hall of Fame, without a doubt. And you can't talk, start this conversation without Miggy. So, you know, we, it's great. So, Alan, who you got coming up next? The next one is Dave Concepcion, the, the shortstop from the powerful big red machine mm. Cincinnati Red. Like his play at the plate, like he was probably one of the best contact hitters that and also the bet one of the best infielders. Him and Joe Morgan, good luck trying to get ahead off of those guys. I know how to work. He was so critical in how he he played with those red teams at all. Full of Hall of Famers. A lot of them on the pretty bench. To Joe Morgan, as I mentioned. To to um, to Louis, to uh, Pete Rose, etc., etc. Pete Rose isn't uh, in the Hall of Fame. I know he's not, <laughs> but he he is a Hall of Fame player. So, yes. But Luis, but Dave, how he played, he was he was just a stable guy and. I think his contribution to the, those teams are that he's not in the Hall of Fame. He should be because not only he won multiple World Series, but he was consistent. Right? And he, should, he is in my Mount Rushmore as far as Venezuela is concerned. Yeah, and you know, it's a shame he wasn't the first, he's not in the, the Hall of Fame. You know, he, he did, he was phenomenal, like you mentioned. You know, he spent, he was one of those players that spent their entire career with the Reds, the one team, and that was the Reds. You know, he 
He was a nine-time All-Star. You know, he won five gold gloves, two silver sluggers, back-to-back World Series titles, and 2,300 hits. You know, that's a phenomenal career right there. And he was a great defender. So I can't argue with the pick, but I think for my second spot here, Alan, I got to go with Andres Galarraga. Okay. You know, because, you know, let's, we can go right, I'll go right into this. You know, what he meant for, for Denver in their first season, he was one of the best first basemen when he was playing. And, you know, he could hit, do whatever with that at the plate. He could do whatever you wanted. He would hit for power. He would hit for average. He won the battle title. He won the batting title in 93. He, and led the National League in home runs just three years later. Granted, you know, he was playing for for Colorado in that time frame, but that doesn't matter. You know, I think for Galarraga is a very much underrated player in terms of what he could do. And, you know, it, it he was the first base first baseman in Colorado that kind of started this trend of having really good first basemen in Colorado. We haven't really seen one since Todd Helton, but that's an up for discussion <laughs> later. But for more on what Galarraga meant for the Rockies, you guys should check out an episode we did with Drew Drew Creaseman of Mile High Sports. Um, we talk a lot about the Rockies and interna- international players that they've had on their rosters and what they've met, meant for them throughout their 20-plus years of history. So for more on Galarraga, go there. But, you know, in the 90s, Galarraga was a, a face of baseball, in my opinion. And, you know, especially with Concepcion kind of going towards the end of his career there in the late, in the 90s, you can't argue with the facts that if, well, Concepcion might not have been, been playing in the 90s. But either way, Galarraga... You can't, for me, you can't mention Venezuelan baseball without Andres Galarraga and Carlos Gonzalez. You know, Gonzalez, I don't think makes Mount Rushmore. He's maybe top five for me, but he doesn't make the Mount Rushmore for, you know, these next two players we'll talk about. But I, you, for me, Galarraga's up there with Miguel Cabrera. He's just up there. That's a fair argument. That's fair. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm <laughs> not gonna, uh, what's it called? Blame you on that because. That's not a bad pick. Uh, I could agree with that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it, it's crazy because, you know, I was a very young kid. I was just born when Galarraga was in his prime. But you watch the highlight reels, Alan, and this guy, he he was a five-tool player. You know, he was well, he a Blake Street yeah. bomber. You can't, you know, he was phenomenal. So he's up there. Anyway, I could keep going about a Rocky great, but... We should probably stop me while I'm ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> I would. All right, Alan, who you got in the three spot here? Felix Hernandez. The last guy game before Flamengo had him on. And although he played with the Mariners, which there were good teams that were good enough to make the playoffs, but he was the staple for that Mariners team. Like even with Ichiro when he left. He was still that guy. And and so like that's probably the only time I would watch Mariners is if he's pitching. That is it. And he kept it going the whole time. I wish he would have been in the playoffs so we could have seen him how he would do in the playoffs. Like he to me, it's like like he had the same he has the same 
pitches command, just like Roy Halladay. He mm. really does that presence that only a few pitches have. He's one of them. And like he like he was one of those that he will come at you no matter what. So that's why I think Felix is in the Mount Rushmore and I think he, he will be another Hall of Famer as well. Some will say, Oh, we didn't make the playoffs, but the numbers to speak for himself at the end of the day. So and getting a perfect game, hey, he was the last guy to do it before Domingo Herman last week or two weeks ago. So that tells you why he he is a unique pitcher. Right. And you can't fault him for playing on the Mariners in the midst of their playoff drought. And arguably, the Mariners could have made a couple of playoffs. They had enough runs during his years as pitching for the Mariners that they could have made the playoffs. They were so close a number of times. You know, but, you know, things just don't always happen out that way. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Yes. And it's a shame he didn't make it, but it is what it is, and you can't be too upset. That being said, I also have Felix Hernandez on, on King Felix. He's Mount Rushmore. What he's meant for a long line of great Venezuelan pitchers coming out since him has been phenomenal. He, when you look at Mount Rushmore, in my opinion, you got to think of who's had an influential amount on the game. You know, people look up to this guy. They model their game after this player. You know, that's why I say Andres Galarraga's up there. Miggy is up there and King Felix he's up there move over LeBron King Felix is the true king of sports <laughs> yeah and like you mentioned it you know I think this is a case where because he has a perfect game he's in the Hall of Fame you know you can make an argument because he didn't make the playoffs but was great he might not make it in the Hall of Fame but because he has that perfect game it doesn't matter he's in the in the Hall of Fame. I think that is what clinched him that playoff or that Hall of Fame spot was that perfect game. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Like he like it's hard to do a no hitter. It's harder to have a perfect game. Yeah, and we'll and have an episode all about Domingo Herman's perfect game coming up and we go a lot of depth into how much harder it is to get a perfect game. Um but yeah Alan you mentioned it's so much harder. Yeah, it is. I don't like I'm I don't know what to say. But yeah, like it is hard and it's not just pitching, but it's also your defense around it. Making sure that's not just no hit. It's both ways. Either way. Both ways. Yeah. And you know it it, it has to go both ways, but when it comes for a pitcher, if they have a perfect game, that kind of especially if they had the career King Felix had. That just kind of puts them a bit over the top. And, Alan, who you got for your last guy here? Last guy, I would say Luis Aparicio. I would, like too. Short, the shortstop for, for the White He, well, he is the first Latin American player to win the Rookie of the Year. And ever since, I'm, I'm around 8 or I think probably 10 Latin American players that have won Rookie of the Year because of him. And also, 
even though he's mostly known as the, for the White Sox, his contribution to the, Oil, the, the Orioles in that 66 World Series, especially having 57 stolen bases, like at that time. So his play helped the Orioles and also helped the White Sox keep it going in, in those times. So Luis Aparicio, like he, him and him there, it's it the not just for Venezuela to come in and play. You could have success, but also later on for other Latin American players to, to hey, I, not just I want rookie of the year, but I could do more. And we've seen players like that come, but for Venezuela to do it, that's why Luis Aparicio, known as Little Louis, is there because the heart he has. And the way he played the game is is the best that you could ever ask for. So that's my Rushmore there. Miguel Cabrera, uh, um, Dave Concepcion, Felix Hernandez, and Luis Aparicio. And on Aparicio, Alan, one thing you didn't mention, he was also the first Venezuelan to be put into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Oh, Thank you for that notice, yes. <laughs> you know, and I can't speak more on Aparicio than what Alan mentioned, but he was the first Venezuelan to be put in the Hall of Fame, which, again, opens the door for more great Venezuelan players to get into the Hall of Fame. And, Alan, we're seeing tons of great Venezuelan ball ballplayers right now. And, well with, well, with what remaining time we have left, we should do some honorable mentions of players that might, you know, at be on a secondary Mount Rushmore, if you will. And I think, you know, let's go there. So, Alan, who's your honorable mention, mentions here? Well, I'll have to put in Jose Altuve out there. Yeah. You can say what you want about the whole scandal and all that, but still, what he has done for his size is you don't see that often. Someone with short stature with five-foot players, that's a rarity. And what he has done is, hey, doesn't matter the size. He's pushing that with baseball. It's not about the size. It's can you play. And what he has done is tremendous. So that's why Jose Altuve is, is my honorable mention for Mount Rushmore. Out, like, outside looking in. Right. And I think for me, it's Salvador Perez or Wilson Contreras. You know, two great phenomenal catchers. Oh, you yeah. know. Unfortunately, they just had to play in the same era as uh, Yadier Molina. But two great, phenomenal catchers. You know, you could argue the Royals don't win that World Series without Salvador Perez. And you can also argue the Cubs don't win that World Series without Contreras. So without those two players, you know, I don't... They're they're on the outside looking in for me. But, you know, they'll be the first two faces for me on a secondary Venezuela Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And they're also I would also agree with Jose Altuve, but I think the only reason why he it doesn't is because it depends on how you feel about the whole cheating scandal. And while I get Alan back on here, you know, I'll just finish that point real quick. Like for me it really does depend on how you feel about the whole cheating scandal with Jose Altuve. If you are at the point now where you're like, eh, it's whatever, great. You know, he's on that Mount Rushmore. Or if you still are kinda feel icked or upset about it, then maybe he's not on your Mount Rushmore. Even though he probably by the end of his career would deserve to be. 
you know, and Alan and I will talk about a couple more players we think could maybe get up there. But like I said, you can't have these. You got to have these discussions when it comes to these guys and Alan's back and I apparently am on mute and zoom. So let's get this going. Alan, I was just going on a mon- monologue. I'll just remind, finish the point I was making with Jose Altuve. I, for me, it really does depend on how you feel about that whole sign stealing scandal with the Astros with H- Jose Altuve. You know, as I was just saying to the listeners, if you are at a point now where you're like, it's whatever, forget it. Let's move on. Great. Let's move on. If you're still at a point where it's like they just trashed baseball, they ran its name through the mud, then I think he's on the outside looking in for those people. For me, it's at the point where it's like he he he's going to be great. He's a great Venezuelan ball player. He deserves this title. Now, Alan, you know, what are a couple other players we maybe should mention before we sign off today? Oh, Maglio Ordonez. So he he was quite look, he great white soft team that have power. Didn't they make one playoff appearance? But when he came to the Tigers, he was part of that team that made the World Series in 2006. Like, especially that home run that he hit versus the Athletics in Game 4 to send them to the World Series. Even though it was sad that they didn't get it done versus the Cardinals, I thought it was better. But he was so consistent for those Tigers teams that, hey, they were like, he probably could have won himself two World Series right there. But him being part of that rejuvenation Tiger, he you can't say how much Aguilar just like Miguel Cabrera, like that was actually adding that good luck. Good good luck playing against. But Maglio, he was the one that set the tone for the Tigers and and just made it going from there. That's why he is in, in, in my honorable mention as far as Mount Rushmore is concerned for Venezuela. Right. And I think for me also, you got to bring up Rufnet or Rugnet or Odor. You know, you got to talk about Odor in this sense because, you know, he was on a fun, he was a shortstop, I believe, of the Texas Rangers when they were making those runs to the World Series with Adrian Beltre, who, if I remember right, I put on Mount Rushmore for the Dominican Republic. So, to have that left field of Beltre and Odor, that was a left field that many people were worried about for a long time going against the Rangers, you know, and just be, and he had, he was okay at the plate, you know, he wasn't terrible, he wasn't phenomenal, but he, he was fantastic, he did what he, he could do what you needed from him at the plate at any given time. And he's on that list of great shortstop second baseman from Venezuela, in my opinion. He is. He, he was a good player, but I'm always going to remember him for BAM! <laughs> Not to take away his wrong sound. Good, but uh, I still will remember the BAM! BAM! Let me see. Can I go? BAM! <laughs> well, great. And, you know, I think the main reason I brought up this whole honorable mention is because his career is not done. I could see Ronald yeah, Acuna Jr. being up there. Yeah, I could see that happening to it with Orlando Door, even though that's always going to be in everybody's mind. The punch, like he was still pretty good, like he's still keeping it going. And but I'm with you, like their Ronald Acuna's career is not done yet. No, Luis Arena's career 
it's done yet either. So, like, anything can happen. And and by the time their careers are over, could there be a, a switch on the Mount Rushmore? Maybe. Or we'll probably have to get one space. We'll just build a new one. It will be a new one, and we'll take that with no problem at all. Great. And, you know, guys, it's a great day when we talk about baseball and Venezuela baseball. You know, Cargo, for me, he's one of those players I'll always love. He was one of the best players of my childhood for the Rockies. You know, and for me, it's sad I didn't have a chance to recognize him. But we need to talk about all the other great Venezuelan players that have played the sport of baseball. You know, it, it's hard to bring up cargo for in that in the, this atmosphere but he was a phenomenal player in his prime you can't argue that and oh, yeah. guys venezuelan baseball is fantastic look at what these players are doing and what they've done for the game and you'll just realize what we've come to realize these international ball players they're changing the game that's why we're here to talk about it <laughs> oh yeah absolutely and alan where can they hear us talk about all this well all of this they can hear it on Wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it be on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, we are there 24-7. If you miss any of our episodes from last last week or last year or two years ago, whatever may be your case, we're right there. And download one of the episodes, download our podcast, uh, feel free to comment on your like, any opinions that we talked about, we have talked about and and we mentioned it. we're just getting started here like we've been starting this for three years now and we're gonna keep this going until none of us are here on the earth and 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 anytime we're there for you just stay positive and just keep it going check us out y'all yeah.